What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Crying in Baseball, a baseball podcast. I'm your host, Logan Miele, joined once again by my co-host, Ashley Youngfeld. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm a bit tired today, Logan. How are you? A bit tired. Why, why is that? Uh, you know, school. Also, yeah. I have a terrible sleep schedule, so. Yeah, you do need to fix that. All right, so um, we're, we're a bit late to the party for this news, but, um, you know, the, the Springer and Yates signing kind of set us back a day. We are going to be talking about uh, Lester and Quintana, both signing respectively with the Nationals and Angels, and kind of, you know, their, their effects on the city of Chicago, where, you know, Lester did a lot. But um, let's get to, let's start with the deals. The Lester deal, give me your first thoughts. Well, I think it's a, a pretty solid signing for the Nationals. Um, obviously, a key to their World Series run, as much as it was those top three pitchers, they got some solid outings in the playoffs from uh, Anibal Sanchez, which propelled them to be able to kind of feel comfortable not pitching their uh, star pitchers uh, every day. I think this Leicester signing, if they make the playoffs, could uh, kind of fill that same role. Um uh, I, I personally thought Lester was going to go back to Boston, although they are a very competitive team. I thought that's just where he'd want to end up. But um, obviously, yeah, he ends up in Washington. I think it's a solid deal for both sides. Obviously, Lester is not going to be relied on as much as he has been in his career. And uh, it allows the Nationals to be more comfortable with those uh, four or five starters, which we talked about. Uh, earlier in a, a couple podcasts ago. and So I, I really think it's a solid signing for both sides. Obviously, maybe not like a, a franchise-changing signing, but uh, one that's important to fill out uh, a competitive team. Yeah, I mean, he he. I, I feel like this signing with the Nationals, you know, may, maybe he had a deal set in place with the Red Sox, but I think that one of the reasons why he chose the Nationals was that he would not, you know, be the one that everyone relies on. He's going to be their fourth starter behind Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Lester. You know, and, and so I feel like this is a very low-pressure situation for Lester. I feel like a one-year deal here, if it goes well, they might they might resign him, but, you know, then, then he might go back to Boston on a, for his final year to, you know, kind of, kind of full circle it, I guess, or however you want to say it, because he started off with Boston in 06, but I'm um, you know, I I think that this signing is great for the Nationals. I totally agree with your comparison with Anibal Sanchez. I, I remember he almost threw a no-hitter against the uh, the Cardinals in 2019 playoffs. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he is going to be an innings eater. He, he's going to throw you about, you know, 170, 200 innings maybe in a good year. Um, and, you know, I that that's every team needs that. So, you know, uh, I don't think any, anybody's – I don't think anybody would be too mad if they picked up John Lester. You know, this will really help out the Nationals. They can, they still – the National League is going to be competitive this year. I'm not sure if I see them as a wild card team, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of the signing. It's for cheap. It's a one-year. I'm all for it. But um, what I'm curious to see is do do – this isn't like a – life-changing signing for the Nationals, but does this put them, you know, in a wild-card spot in your mind? Well, personally, I, I have been thinking that they're uh, definitely a competitive team for the wild-card, but 
the Mets have just kept improving. And then you have to think either the Dodgers or the Padres are going to be the, uh, the first wild card team. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's going to be really tough for them uh, to make the playoffs. Obviously, it still can happen. I think they definitely could move above the Mets if the top, uh, all three of the top three pitchers have maybe not Cy Young caliber seasons, but really high end seasons. And then their star hitters hit like star hitters. Uh, and may- maybe they get Josh Bell back hitting like an all-star. But for this team to be a playoff team, there's a lot that needs to go right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I feel like there's a lot that needs to go right. But there's also a lot that needs to go wrong in this division. And, uh, you know, like you said, either Padres or Dodgers gets that wild card spot, that first one. I feel like that's that's almost a lock. And, you know, the the – Braves or Mets, either one of them is going to win the division. And in my mind, that person is going to the, – the other team is going to get the wild card. So I really feel like for the Nationals to make the playoffs, the Mets just have to suck. They just have to Metsify this. Um, and there, I feel like there's so little opportunity for teams to uh, get anywhere in the National League this year because – the Central is kind of a toss-up, in all honesty. The Central winner is going to be an 85 winner, and there's going to be four teams around the 80-85 win, and that's going to be the Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, and the Reds. And it's just going to be just a kind of a race to 85, I feel like. And so I feel like there's not going to be any wild cards in the Central. In the West, you know, the Giants are, like, kind of making a push, but, like, not really. Like, they were competitive last year, and, you know, they keep improving. But, I mean, it's your Dodgers or uh, Padres in that division. And in the East, it's, you know, Mets, Braves. I mean, the Phillies still have some solid players. They need to bring back Real Muto for me to even think that they're competitive. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's there's – there's just so there, it seems like there's only one way into the playoffs, and that's if either the Mets or Braves are bad this year, and the Nationals can squeak out 92 wins. Yeah, I agree, and that's why it's kind of a shame that you know, like one team at least from each division has to make it because I feel like this Nationals team would be fun to see in the playoffs with those three starting pitchers and kind of oh, that yeah. that young powerful group of hitters. Um, Obviously, they're not going to bend the rules this year just because the Central doesn't have a great team. I think maybe there is a team in the Central that could do pretty well, maybe. Uh, I, uh, like, biasly think... the Cubs. Well, you, yeah, I biasly think the Cubs are going to win the division around that 85 win range, though, because uh, um, uh, I don't think we're really going to touch it on, on it all, at all today, but the Reds are looking to move Luis Castillo, and if they're selling, then... Uh, I think the Cubs are a better team right now than the Cardinals and Brewers, but uh, just going kind of going back to the Nationals, like there is a lot that needs, like like you said, there is a lot that needs to go right with them, but there's a lot that needs to go wrong well, with some of these other teams in the NL for them to make the playoffs. Now, let's talk about the Central a little bit. The Cubs are losing two starters here. Where, where, what position does this put the Cubs in right now? Because last year they got, uh, they got 12 games out of, uh, what's his name? John Lester. They got 12 games started by him 
and four games started by Quintana. Where does this, where, where, in your mind, where does this put the uh, the Cubs? You know, they're down two pitchers now. Well, when you look at it, they're even down three pitchers with the Darvish trade, but, you know, that's, they did get, That's very true. They did get Zach Davies back in that trade, who has been pretty solid these past couple of years. Um, a strength of the Cubs team kind of has been their rotation depth, although they haven't been great. Uh, it, it's been good enough where they, they have been able to make the playoffs, obviously. Uh, I think this kind of shows that the younger guys are the younger pitchers are uh, ready and to come up with uh, Adbert Alzale and potentially Braylon Marquez. Uh, uh, obviously, Alec Mills had the no hitter randomly, uh, and he's a guy that will be in the rotation. But uh, I don't think any of these younger pitchers are going to immediately be able to re- replace the production that Quintana and Lester have given it them. Uh, over these past few years, especially in terms of innings. Yeah. But uh, I, I think they can put a solid rotation together. Obviously, there's still uh, some time left in free agency. But uh, I, I think this this really sets them back. Obviously, I didn't expect them to bring either Lester or Quintana back. There was rumor that Lester would come back, which would be huge, just kind of as an innings eater. Yeah, definitely. Because the the like if these young guys aren't able to kind of step up and they're not really able to pitch many innings, we're in trouble. Just based off the fact that our bullpen isn't very good either. So, like I said, I think this Cubs team could still win the division around eighty five wins. Because I think, although they haven't been the best hitters uh, these past couple of years, I think that the this lineup very talented, obviously, but. Uh, th- this definitely hurts as a Cubs fan, especially to see less to go. Not as much Quintana, although he, you know, he he was a Cub, and it's not like he was completely awful. But yeah. uh, seeing Lester go hurts. Obviously, a big part of the World Series team, like the first big signing that Theo had. So, uh, it, you could kind of see the Cubs. This Cubs team uh, falling apart a little bit. Yeah, you know it's. It, it, as a White Sox fan, it's kind of nice to see the Cubs crumble a little bit because the Sox have been being made fun of by Cubs fans for a while. But, uh, you know, it, it's the the 2016 Cubs were were a phenomenal team, and Lester was just such an integral part of it. And I have nothing but respect for John Lester, really, for what he did in those playoffs. He pitched phenomenal. He did really well. And, like, you know he he's just such a, a a consistent guy. I feel like, you know, during during his uh, I, I guess prime, you would say, you know, a three the three ish mid twos ERA, you'd get that every year. You'd get close to two hundred innings out of him. Like really, just a, a a lot of solid pitching, and you know he he's he's a decorated player, a three time World Series winner. Uh, 07, 13, and 16 with the uh, Red Sox, Red Sox, and Cubs, respectively. And, uh, you know, he, he's he, I, I was not a Cubs fan, as everybody knows, but, you know, when he's on the mound, you know, you're especially in the playoffs, you, you see a different John Lester, you see a dominant pitcher who will take control of an at bat in a heartbeat. And, you know, just re- really phenomenal. I got nothing but respect for him. Yeah, and kind of going back to said, like, 
with the team, everything going right. It felt like 2016, everything went right for the Cubs. That, that year, Lester finished second in Cy Young voting. I'm pretty sure Hendricks finished third. Like, everything, yeah. was, just, everything was just clicking for the Cubs that year. You know, they still had Arietta. Um, Bryant won MVP. So, that, that's that was the peak of this Cubs team, obviously. And then kind of after that, everything went downhill. But uh, I think it's almost fair to say that the Cubs don't win that World Series without Lester. Oh, uh, yeah. How big of an impact he had. Obviously, playoff dominance. Uh, besides Game Seven, but we don't talk about that. We don't talk about Game Seven. Yeah, uh, but uh, he—it's a guy that I feel like everyone loved, especially on the team. Obviously, him and David Ross had a connection. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a bit sad to see him go, but uh, I also didn't don't want to waste the rest of his career with this kind of downhill Cubs team. Yeah, and you know, I I really feel like he he went to the Cubs. He did exactly what he was paid to do and he was paid quite handsomely uh you know ma- making you know 20 plus million a year but uh yeah i i got nothing but respect for him but uh is there anything else you want to say on lester here um just just nothing but like respect and appreciation oh, yeah. for everything he did for the cubs and um i hope he succeeds even more obviously in washington and uh, I personally think he's a Hall of Famer with the playoff success, and, and although maybe not the Cy Youngs, yeah, he's a part of the 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 curse breaking, you know, Cubs and Red Sox teams. Uh, he he's a, yeah, I I think he has to be a, a Hall of Famer just because of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he yeah, just a, a powerhouse pitcher. Now Jose Quintana, another Cub pitcher. It wasn't a part of the 2016 the World Series team. The Cubs picked him up uh, on the deadline in 2017. Uh, Quintana pitched his last game, I think, like the day before, and gave up like 11 runs to the Rockies. I'm not sure why I remember that. But, uh, you know, he he was a solid, a solid pitcher who would give you, you know, 170 innings a year. And, uh, you know, let, let's just talk about Quintana first. Like what? As a Cubs fan, what do you think of him? Uh, personally, I never really he disliked him. Uh, obviously, he was a bit underwhelming once he came to the Cubs. But the thing with him is he was always on a great contract, which is why the Cubs gave up what they did. Um, although I am disappointed that we lost Eloy in that trade, Eloy did not have a spot on this Cubs team, so it makes sense that he was the guy giving up. He would now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. Uh, obviously, then they didn't really have a spot for him, and they yeah. thought they were still a competitive team at the time. Obviously, coming off World Series, I mean, they made the championship series this year against the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and obviously he pitched for them. He actually after the deadline that year, he came he came over and was really solid. Solid, uh, seven wins, three losses, three point seven four year, eighty four innings pitch. Like he was solid when he first came, and then yeah. it it he slowly kind of regressed. Obviously, we're seeing more power pitchers in MLB now, which he's not. Not to say that you have to be a power pitcher to succeed, but um, I think maybe guys just seeing him more, especially in division. Um, you know, once again, a guy I have uh, nothing but respect for. Never disliked the guy. Obviously, a bit underwhelming, but um, a guy who who also just kind of ate up innings for the Cubs and what well, was an all right starter. Yeah. Uh... I, I really think that 
for what he was, he was good. He was a cheap, solid pitcher, and that's exactly what they got from him. Um, But the trade. The Cubs absolutely lost this trade to the Sox. Um, I, I felt like this trade was overdue. I felt like Quintana should have been should should have been given away, uh, probably a little while ago. But uh, you know, it's 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 a great return for the White Sox. I mean, they got Dylan Cease, who's an up and coming pitcher, and they got Eloy Jimenez, who last year, twenty nineteen, Crosstown Classic, uh, at that game when he hit that whole the go ahead home run against the Cubs, that was beautiful and just the the White Sox absolutely won this trade and I'm just rubbing it in your face right now but oh my god that was that was a, a beautiful moment as a White Sox fan it, it was the start of the new generation the White Sox and I just want to thank you thank you Cubs for giving us Eloy for such a cheap cheap price yeah you know that's fair but at least we didn't trade Fernando Tatis for James Shields Okay, you did in fact have Josh Donaldson and Chris Archer, and I think Kirby was it Kirby Gates. It was someone we recently talked about on your or in your farm system, and you traded them all away. May, may remind you that Donaldson did in fact win the twenty sixteen AL MVP. Um, beyond the point, we we can talk about the Cubs being bad all day, but you know, let's make that a different episode. But let's talk about you know. We talked about the past. Let's talk about the present and the future. Where does he fit into this Angels team for you? Obviously, he's a guy that knows Joe. I don't know how big of a role that played into it. But this is a team that struggled with that rotation for a while. Obviously, they got some solid uh, stuff from Dylan Bundy this year. Julio Tehran was a bit disappointing. Uh, Sheho Otani has not been great. Uh, Griffin Cannings. Yeah, Griffin Cannings, a guy uh, – Higher end prospect that's been there, uh, also hasn't been fantastic. Uh, Andrew Haney's been there for a while, also. Just like all these guys are very meh when they they've been really looking for that you know ace type pitcher for a while. Obviously, Quintana's not that. They try to get Garrett Cole. Yeah, and, and their team that's also still in on Trevor Bauer, which makes sense. But you know, just trying to fill out a rotation be more consistent, which is what they've needed to do for a while. Obviously, they're they're a team that realistically could contend this year. You kind of say that every year, especially when you have yeah. the best player in baseball. But um, I think I think this is a smart signing for them. I think they need to stop trying to hit home runs with every, you know, signing and uh, trade that they make. I think yeah. getting a guy like Quintana is huge. Uh, well, huge in terms of eating innings and, you know, they have some – younger pitchers who maybe aren't as accomplished who they can work into the rotation a little slower when you have a guy yeah. like Quintana in front of them. And I think it makes sense for both sides. Obviously, you know, Quintana knowing Madden and then uh, the Angels getting a guy who's going to throw 170 innings this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, the Angels have been incredibly disappointing and underwhelming for – seemingly six, seven years. And, you know, this isn't going to put them over the top or anything, but you know what? Getting 170 innings out of a decent pitcher, that's that's pretty solid. And, like, you can't you can't be too mad about that. And I feel like these they, – they have a couple of these guys who can eat a lot of innings and, you know, pitch solid with a 3.3 ERA. 
but they just need this star pitcher, and they have been avoiding the star pitcher for so long. They got Ren- they went out and got Rendon. Great. But hitting is not what you needed. You needed pitching, which just frustrated me. So this isn't a you know be-all, end-all signing. But I think generally it's a pretty solid pickup. Yeah, and you look what they've done throughout this whole offseason. It's just been kind of getting solid pieces that could help make uh, that playoff push. Obviously, uh, the recent signing of Kurt Suzuki, uh, Jose Iglesias. You know, th- this is a team that, you know, they kind of – they have the pieces to be a very solid team. And, you know, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So, they just need to be able to play a whole one si- – like a consistent 162, um, you know, and, and try to be more consistent everywhere. And obviously not just in the rotation, but – uh, hitters for for a while they they have some hot and cold streaks, and you know they have that star power with you know Rendon and Trout, and now you just got to fill out the rest of the lineup, which I think they've done pretty well. But uh, yeah. kind of going back to the pitching, another thing that I feel like they kind of need to address. Obviously, it's not awful, but that bullpen is not great, which mm-hmm. seems to follow Joe Madden wherever he goes. He's not having a great bullpen, but that's true. Um, you know, th- this is a team that. You know, they're looking to compete this year. Obviously, maybe not the best roster in the AL, but certainly have the talent to, you know, maybe even win that division, but, uh, you know, at least be competitive for a wild card. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of want to get more into that. Um, the West, I'm not sure if it's just I'm looking out through a weird lens, but I feel like the West is kind of open this year because, you know, the Astros losing Springer, possibly Ozuna, most likely Brantley. Brantley's rumored right now to be uh, close to an agreement with the Blue Jays. Uh, and the Athletics lose their closer in Liam Hendricks, and, you know, they're up and down every year. Last time Matt Chapman was on the field, he was injured. You know, what? Do you think that, you know, there's a chance that they could pull out this division? Do you think the Mariners might be competitive? Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't say the Mariners would be competitive. They're never good for some reason, that no matter what. But I think that I really do think this Angels team could compete for that division. Obviously, I think these depth signings have helped a lot. And I, I, I would probably say at this point they're my favorite to win the division. Um, you know, the A's are always competitive, always pretty solid, but yeah. Uh, they don't have Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, right? So, uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and Matt Wilson had a bit of a down year for them last year. But the, this team is, uh, at the very least, a solid team. You know, obviously, if you eliminate, you know, Trout and Rendon or whatever, then they're an awful team. But you could say that about almost all teams if you eliminate the two best players. But uh, yeah. I think just filling out a bullpen uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, landing Bauer would be huge. But, uh, at least getting another bullpen piece would kind of solidify in my eyes, like them as yeah. the favorite in that division. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, that's that's pretty much, you know, all, all there is. The, the the Angels, they they are in control of their own destiny here. They got an open division. They if they can squeak out eighty eight wins. They that that might be the division in all honesty. You know, I'm not sure how good the the Athletics are going to be this year, and not sure about the Astros. But I mean, th- that division is in reach for the Angels, I think. And you know, especially because 
you know, the one of the wild cards is going to be Blue Jays or Yankees, either one. And possibly the other one might be the Minnesota Twins or now the Angels. You know, like it's it's a, a, a very the, the Angels can they, they all everything's lining up for them. They just got to, you know, commit. I feel like they, they need to go out and get a pitcher or a closer. Alex Colomay would be a great pickup for them. Just get a good, decent closer. I'm pretty sure Colomay and Madden may work together uh, in Tampa. I know Colomay came from Tampa. I'll, I'll double check that. But, uh, you know, it. The, they, they just need to get to just, just to get some bullpen pieces. I mean, it's, it's insane that, you know, they, they are just being held back by their own doing, which is just, you know, so disappointing to see. Yeah, I'd agree. Especially, you know, uh, it's one thing that's kind of shadowed Mike Trevor's whole career is although, you know, he's for sure a hall of famer. Um, he really hasn't had any playoff success. And that's also because he has really not had any chances in the playoffs. And he's I, at least played three games in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, you know, baseball is more of a team sport than almost any other sport. So, yeah. you know, having the best player in baseball is obviously a huge, huge advantage. But if you're not able to have a good manager and put a solid team next to him, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Definitely. And you know what? Maybe this Quintana signing can do it for them. You know, yeah, and every like all the solid signings they made the soft season, you know. They just hope yeah. to be competitive day in and day out. Definitely. All right, uh, a- any final thoughts? No, sir. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crying in Baseball Baseball Podcast. We thank you for listening. Follow us on our Twitter, CIP Podcast YT. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, all the places. You know what to do, guys. Thank you so much for listening. See ya.